from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Super Bowl preparations for these Kansas City Chiefs. The story of today is that they're getting things out of the way. There's plenty of practice. There's plenty of film work to be doing. The team right now in Kansas City is getting ready. They're doing their press, so you can have pretty pictures on the telecast. I'm here with Chris Clark from Chiefs Digest, and uh, you know this is like one of the necessary evils, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's still fun to be able to see them being able to do that in the background. Uh, they've got the logo on their uniforms. Uh, and it's always fun to be able to see the players in their own element, just having fun. Uh, so that's going to be a good thing. And I really do enjoy uh, being able to see the Super Bowl logo on the Chiefs uniform. <laughs> Got to admit, that's fun. <laughs> not something you see all the time, huh? Nope, not something you see all the time at all. So, <laughs> Well, and I'm just glad that they schedule it in a way that gets it out of the way and gets just get all the fluff gone as much as you can. There's going to be press they have to do at night during the, the preparation week. There's going to be all kinds of things in the lead up. So anything you can get squared away and get back to actually looking at football, I think, is the best plan. No, I completely agree. And it doesn't surprise me that they're getting it out of the way today. Uh, you know, they're going to have practice. Reed said they're going to have practice. This isn't going to be a normal bye week. Matt talked about that as well. Um, so you kind of expect that they're going to be doing uh, full practices or, or mainly maybe some walkthroughs this week, but they have all this other stuff that they've got to get done and get prepared for the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's 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 a heavy load. So, hey, good for them for getting out ahead of it. That's yep. not the only thing that's going on. And it, while it doesn't uh, – on a day like this where they're just impressed, we don't have any updates on anything injury-wise or how they're going to go about it or who's going to be active. Uh, one thing that is going to be interesting is you do have a little bit of news about what's going on this weekend. At the Pro Bowl, they're trying out a couple of new wrinkles. Yeah, and I really don't like the second one. It's all about flexing or, or you know, the receiver being able to move. Uh, I, I think that's just going to get confusing to people, and I think it's going to be uh, causing a lot of people to ask questions. I don't really want to talk about it too much, honestly, because uh, it's pretty detailed. And, and I think if you go check out the Locked on Chiefs podcast uh, Twitter feed, you can go see the rule and read it yourself. If you have questions, feel free to ask. I just think it's going to be confusing. But the other one is really interesting to me, interesting to me, and this is something that has been talked about before. Uh, but after I've read it for like the third time, I, I realized it says options after a successful field goal or try attempt. So if they miss the extra point, they're not able to do this. Or if they don't get a two-point conversion, I guess maybe they're not able to do this. But it does say after a successful attempt. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was interesting. But basically, uh, this is going to be a situation that would take over for onside kicks and maybe even just completely rule out having to kick the ball off most of the game uh, because your two options are you elect to give the other team the ball at the 25-yard line. Their uh, 25, their, right? Their 25-yard line, correct. Or you get to keep the ball at your own 25-yard line, but you start with a fourth and 15. So basically – the net result would be the same if you elect to give it back to them. They get it at the 25 as though it were a touchback actual kickoff. Yep. Or you get one chance, one play to get 15 yards in order to continue a drive, or else you hand them the ball. If it's an incomplete, you hand them the ball at your 25 with your backs to the wall. Yep. This pretty much would eliminate onside kicks. Uh, I wonder how many times this is going to eliminate kickoffs the possibility of it eliminating kickoffs completely. Uh, I do think that there's going to be special teams coaches like Dave Tobe, who will still probably kick the ball off from time to time 
because he likes to try to get them pinned inside the 25. But this will greatly reduce uh, possible injuries as well. Yeah, I would think so too. But I, I got to think for it to be adopted, it's got to be a bigger carrot than that. 15 yards is one thing. It should be difficult. I get that. But your your reward is now you're at your 40. That doesn't seem necessarily worth the risk of possibly coming up short and giving it to them at your 25 going in. Well, I'm not saying it's going to happen every single time, but if you're looking at end of game scenarios where you're trying to do an extra, where you're trying to do an onside kick, you're not getting it much past your 40 anyway. If you recover, generally you're going to be at the what 45. So mm-hmm. it's five yards closer. Uh, but at, the, at this point, I mean, a fourth of 15, I would think, especially with a team like Mahomes, if you're down late in the game, that gives you more of an opportunity to have to come back and win. Uh, so I do think that that's going to be an interesting aspect to it. Yeah, we'll see what they do with this Pro Bowl, and maybe they'll even look at it in the preseason. But that's an interesting wrinkle that's going on right now, folks, while they're all in prep mode for this Super Bowl 54. We're going to get with uh, an old friend here in a minute. Seth Kaiser, the Athletic, will join us when we get back. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can improve your performance and have that extra confidence. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. With no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. You'll get your shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. That's promo code Locked On to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We talk about football athletes' physical fitness a lot, but there's a whole other side to it, and that's mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like the rest of your body, and Calm can help train your brain so that you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most important, valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm membership today. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain and leaves falling, and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. You can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. And it's been a while, but I know you guys have been waiting for this, and I honestly couldn't think of anybody better to geek out with. So uh, welcome back, Seth Kaiser of The Athletic and First in Your Hearts. How are you, pal? I'm doing really well. First in Your Hearts. You know, I'm going to introduce myself to everyone that way. It's me, Seth Kaiser, First in Your Hearts. I like that a lot. I'll get you a t-shirt. It'll work great. (laughs) But yes, I'm doing really awesome, man, because... The Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I just I can't say it enough times. They are playing in the Super Bowl. 
I mean, it's awesome. Just <laughs> <laughs> take a few minutes over and over and over. The number 50 will come up, I'm sure, a few times. But yes. I yeah, mean, <laughs> never, never in my lifetime, never in your lifetime. Right. I'm not just, that old. I know. Well, I mean, you know, it's closer for you, but that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but no, it's just crazy. So I was like, fine. Like, I was really geeked out. I watched the game with my sister and I was super excited and stuff. But like, I mean, I was doing OK, but my wife wasn't with me. So I was messaging her. Oh, the Chiefs won. They're going to the Super Bowl. And I voice texted it to her because I voice text everything. And I started like welling up while I was voice texting. <laughs> like, they made the Super Bowl. it was just it was awesome man i it's one of those moments you're not gonna forget i tell you what i had the exact opposite reaction uh i sat there being analytical trying to figure out what they were doing and why and how it was gonna my wife's like why don't you get more excited and start screaming or something (laughs) yeah yeah you, you were working yeah that's the thing and you know and we might as well talk about that neither of us are going to this super bowl we're not going to cover it any more than we normally do right and i for one I think you agree. I'm pretty happy with that situation. I I am pretty happy too. The athletic hasn't let us know who they want going. I mean, I know Nate well. Yeah. Um, and they haven't they haven't broached that subject yet, but I don't really want to. I, I, I want to watch the game and just enjoy the game. And then sure, after the game, you know, I'll write articles, I'll do radio and stuff and whatever, but I, I just I just want to enjoy it. This job does have a tendency to, sometimes to take your fanhood a little bit. Yeah. And I realized it was actually, it was this year that I just decided, and I think I've said this to you before, but I really like made like a conscious decision because it was the first time I really felt it happening where I just, uh, you know, the minute this stops being fun and I'm no longer a fan, uh, I'm, I'm done. You know, this is, this is a side yeah. gig for me. This is a side hustle. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go back to, you know, posting stuff whenever I feel like it on Twitter or something, you know, but I just, I want to enjoy this as a fan because it almost took that from me. And then, I, you know, you let it wash over you. It's just, it's so awesome. The feeling. And the other, the other thing is like, it's not nerve wracking. Like now that they've made it to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty relaxed about whatever happens, happens. Like, and I think part of that is Mahomes syndrome. <laughs> where it's like, you know what? I think they'll have some shots at this over the Maybe. course of his career. <laughs> you know, I think they will. You know, I mean, year one, AFC championship, year two, Super Bowl. I think we're probably going to be here in the future. So I'm feeling surprisingly relaxed. Now, once the game starts, I'm probably going to be a wreck. Yeah, well, that's the way it goes. But I, <laughs> I know where you're coming from. And I keep going back to this is the evolution of. When I first became a cheese fan, which was the early, early nineties, right. and you had Marty Ball and you were constantly in the playoffs and you were always what, what we used to term as within reach. But this is the real, like any given Sunday, he could, you know, they might not, you know, have cap issues. They might have not have the same team that they can field a defense like this in three years from now, but right. they're always going to be with that quarterback within striking distance. Yeah. That's a good way of phrasing it. Like, it's that step. I almost wrote about this, but I decided because I actually had people ask me, yeah, are you going to write about this from a fan experience? Like after the Super Bowl, I will. Because win or lose the Super Bowl, and I think they've got a good chance at winning. Um, I think they're a much better team than Green Bay. You know, everyone mm-hmm. that's like, oh, man, did you see what they did to Green Bay? I think Kansas City is much better than Green Bay. Green Bay barely beat the Chiefs without Mahomes. Right. Like 
That was a flawed team. And Rodgers is not Rodgers from three or four years ago. He's just not. And so anyway, for me, though, the biggest thing, I I like that you made that delineation between like being in the hunt or kind of like, you know, to where you're like a playoff contender. This feels Mm -hmm. like the they've taken that step. They're no longer a playoff contender. They are a Super Bowl contender, obviously, because they're in the Super Bowl. But it's like you almost had to break through that barrier. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's significant, and I'm sure there'll be another talk about it when Andy Reid decides to retire, you know, when he's got four or five under his belt, you know, I think he'll feel better. (laughs) But, like, that's – those two in particular, everyone talks about the franchise quarterback getting you over the hump. Well, the the hump's gone, folks. Right. This could be a year-in, year-out possibility now. Right. Every – I mean, like you said, it's it's, going to be different when Mahomes gets paid. Um, They're going to need to – they can't afford to have misses once Mahomes gets paid, right? So it'll be right. harder because you can't have like – and look, Sammy Watkins played an awesome game, and he showed where his value is, I think, with mm-hmm. the Titans really trying to take away Hill and really trying to take away Kelsey. He showed – this was the this is one of the first games where I felt like, okay, Watkins showed why they need him in yeah. this game, and they need him at that level. And so – it was awesome for him, but in terms of what they've generally gotten out of him, that that sixteen mil a year thing has been kind of not terrific, right? Or Hitchens contract, they, and they can afford to have those things that are sort of misses, even though they're sort of hits too, right? They can do that right now because of Mahomes' contract. Once that contract's forty mil a year, and it's gonna be, yeah, um, if not more, yeah, then you can still pay guys. You know, you can still pay Chris Jones. You can still do these things, but you better make sure that you're paying all the right guys because suddenly the the room's going to be a lot tighter and you can't afford to really miss. It's not about paying big money, but it's about who you pay. So it'll be harder, but it feels like they'll be in it every year. Like, unless they have just a garbage roster, Mahomes, I think, can drag anyone to a victory. Yeah, I mean, and I like what you said about Sammy, and I, I'm sure you heard the comments that Beach made about you know, we brought people in like this in order to take the step forward. And that's all right. You're a busy man, but that happens. <laughs> and, <laughs> but the big thing to me was, like you said, Sammy stepped up in this game. They might need him again next time. Right. Next year, it's got to be somebody else because of the totals. And that does put more stress on you don't have to hit home runs every year in the draft. Right. right. But you got to hit doubles. Yep. You can't have Speaks, who literally has not produced appreciable stats in two seasons now obviously a lot of injury but still that's Mm -hmm. a pick that isn't producing for you and picks are going to get at least the first through third rounders are going to be more and more important as three four guys get the big chunks of this cap absolutely and you also have to factor in that people who play for the chiefs traditionally the chiefs have managed to keep a lot of free agents generally speaking um, if they win the Super Bowl, and even if they don't, if they just they get to the Super Bowl, whatever, they are going to get poached more. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to lose guys, especially you know on defense. They've been used to being able to keep whoever they wanted because the defense sucked. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, no one was like, "Oh, we better go poach some of Kansas City's guys," which <laughs> that'd be weird if they did. But now with the defense stepping up, you know, you're going to start seeing that. Like Demarcus Robinson, for example, he's probably going to get paid somewhere. Not like yeah. a crazy amount, but kind of like a Chris Conley situation. And hey, mm-hmm. Conley went to Jacksonville and he's done pretty well. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to probably see some of that stuff happening. I'm just, it, it's just tough to imagine a team that Mahomes can't 
bring to at least an 11 and five record. Like you'd have to be a genuinely bad team and not just bad, but like, you know, really bad, like lacking <laughs> talent and right. poorly coached. Cause like, I can't picture an Andy Reed coach team with Patrick Mahomes at the helm that doesn't go 10 and six, 11 and five at, at least. I just yeah. can't see it. I mean, he's, he does have to have targets. A lot yeah. of this offense is based on his arms. So you have to have speed. Um, for, so for a wide receiver class that's coming in this draft, people, there's going to be speed there. Look for how they choose to bring that in. Uh, I think Hardman stepping in for Watkins is, is a pretty easy transition, in my opinion, but yeah. they need depth there. They need more of it. Yeah. There's one other thing, but we'll hit that when we come back. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Chiefs is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Kansas City fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Chiefs fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the only thing that can hurt him is injury. Right. And if they shore up a couple of things along the offensive line, I'm sure you and I are pretty close on where we think that should happen. That's the question mark for me as as you look at, you know, next year. 2022, you know, how are they going to get there and protect him that long? Right. And that, that'll be interesting because they've invested pretty heavily along the offensive line. They're going to need to draft well, <clears throat> but I mean, it, it's so funny because like those, these conversations, you know, normally when we've had them this time of the year, it's been, <laughs> how can we get over that hump? And it's like, <laughs> we don't need to. Right. We're there. This team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. And we knew that last year, but there was almost kind of that little doubt. It's like, okay, yeah, you're an offsides penalty away, but were you really good enough to win the Super Bowl? I, I just, I'm just, this makes me a little madder at D Ford, honestly. Because <laughs> this could be like a repeat year. This could be like, this could be, because if you, if you win back to back Super Bowls, you go down in history. Like winning the Super Bowl is obviously great, but back to back Super Bowls is like, there's not many teams that have done that. Yeah. And they, they just had to look. They're to quote Frank Clark. You know, I'm not going to quote Frank Clark because I don't think my brand Beep. can handle. Yeah, yeah, my I don't think my brand can handle me quoting Frank Clark. But it is, I mean, it's just, it's so cool to know that the stuff that we have to think about now is how to sustain where they're at, not how to try to take another step forward. Because it's always been that you know they've just been a step short. They've been like a, uh, you know, when the Bengals were actually not horrible. I don't go back that far. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you go back to like when people thought maybe Dalton might kind of be it and Marvin Lewis, mm -hmm. you know, had a good rep. Although in hindsight, maybe Marvin Lewis is a pretty good coach. And, you know, that entire franchise is just gross. But anyway, Oof. you know, with AJ Green, like when they actually had, they had really good defenses like under Zimmer and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was the level that the Chiefs were at for years. A good team that you knew would make the playoffs, but no one was really afraid to play them in the playoffs. You yeah. know, even even after Alex Smith's best season, you know, that 2017, no one was like, oh, man, Alex Smith and the Chiefs are coming. 
Whereas now, like you hear the way they talk, like Mike Lombardi just wrote something for the athletic this week, just saying that every, uh, Every AFC West team has to plan their whole offseason, you know, going to mobile, looking at all that, and just thinking, okay, how do we deal with the fact that we probably are going to be a wild card team pretty much every year? Yeah. Like, how, how are we going to deal with playing Mahomes twice a year? Oh, that run stopper looks good. Who cares? You know? Ooh, that, that guy's a good, good pass rusher. Yeah, did he run a sub 4 8 Because he needs right. to be fast enough to run down Mahomes. And so it's it's cool, man. Like, the Chiefs are the team that other teams need to start trying to figure out. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on those franchises too. So that's, that always bolds well as well. But before we go too far down this, this road, and we will do this in the off season where we can take our time, this game, the way they performed and how it looks going forward. Neither of us has seen the L 22 yet. Thanks NFL.com. Yeah. For uh, the love of God, <laughs> <laughs> but just from, from your replay, I watched it on condensed again. So I, I've seen the television again. Sure. But still, just the the attitude is what comes across to me the most. I thought the secondary played good, but the front seven is really where I thought this game was sealed up and down all day long. I agree with that, and and that's somewhat surprising. And mm-hmm. and I appreciate um, Mike Pinnell. I appreciate obviously having Chris Jones back. I appreciate Xavier Williams being back helped. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of nice plays that I noticed. Um, he's he's a good fit for the type of running that the Titans do even though they like kind of doing some of that outside zone and requires a little more movement. Williams is a guy who can move a little <laughs> bit more than you'd expect for a wide body. Yeah. Um. And, I, and so it, despite me knowing that I didn't expect them to handle Tennessee's offensive line quite as well. Cause I just got done watching Tennessee's offensive line handle the Ravens. Like, yeah. like, and they, they got like Brandon Williams up front. Like that's no joke. They got right. a big, strong defensive line. And it just occurred to me, I'm like, man, you know, that that's just crazy seeing that. And then it just occurred to me that like, you know, Mike Pinnell's about as big and strong as anyone you're gonna find. And he he's just such a great fit. He's actually what I'm gonna be writing about next. Mm. He's a guy who's he's only gonna play 15, 20, maybe 25 snaps a game. Right. Maybe. But the need was so great there, although they have naughty. But the need was so great for one more wide body that could be dominant at the point of attack. Because Xavier Williams has never quite been dominant at the point of attack. Whereas Pinnell is like, nah, dude, I see you, but I'm just not going to move. Like, I'm here. It's play strength rather than taking on double teams. Pinnell actually breaks blocks. He has absolutely. He breaks blocks. He's immovable. Yeah, that play strength. And so they really did dominate up front in a way that I didn't expect. Like Henry, honestly, uh, and, and I'll be writing about this too. You know, the narratives, well, wow, they went away from him. Well, they kind of had to. He, he, he had a couple of, he had like three good runs, you know, but yeah. like, we're like talking like one 12 yard run, one nine yard run, one 10 yard run, something like that. But like he was breaking off chunks in previous games and he was still getting stopped for those like one yard run, zero yard run, two yep. yard run. So they had to go away from him because it wasn't sustainable. And yeah. that's impressive. That's really impressive. I think the linebackers did better than maybe a lot of people were expecting too. Yeah. Uh- I'm pretty happy with what they did. I, I still feel like, obviously, Hitch's contract, he's going to be back. There's, there's yeah. no way around that. But yes. I like what they have in Wilson and, and Ragland. I'd love to see Ragland come back. At, you know, Him and Pinnell can be fairly cheap guys that can play, like you said, 20, 30 snaps, and that's all you need from them. Because right. I think when they go to this 49ers game, they don't need those guys as much. Mm-hmm. Because even though they want to run, they run differently. It's not as much the power game. And I think it's about... Getting back to the Chiefs' athleticism at the second level, that's going to help them more against the Niners. 
Absolutely. Very different run games. It's interesting how you can have two different schemes that are both technically based on outside zone. Yeah. But they're both, they're done so differently. Like Shanahan's isn't about strength. It's about blocking angles and, and spacing and athletes. You know, yep. that's why they've got the three running backs, all of whom are, are plus athletes. You want guys with explosion. And so it's going to be a lot more about sideline to sideline speed. Although that point of attack strength is going to be important too, because like the Niners, everyone, man, everyone's just a slave to the recent. So, oh man, 49ers, their rushing attack looks like all time. It's like, well, watch the rest of the season. You know, they, yeah. they didn't run the ball all over the, the Ravens. They couldn't. No. Um, you know, th- there are multiple teams they couldn't run all over. Green Bay was like, that, that, the Niners are just a terrible matchup for them. And I think that's in part because I think Green Bay's linebackers are just not good against the run. Yeah. And I think it's been a while since I said, I think the Chiefs will have a better linebacker group, but I think they have a better linebacker group than Green Bay. I know, right? It's amazing it's what weird. the second level will do. And, and Blake Martinez is an athlete. He mm-hmm. is like in the Darren Lee mold. He's built to cover more than he is to take on blocks and shed. Right. But I agree with you. I think that they played better. And if I remember right, uh, I don't think they ran all over Seattle either time either. And Seattle's got a very similar group. I would put the Chiefs, in terms of athleticism, they're not quite up there with with Wagner and, and right. Wright. But in terms of how they play the game, what their physical dimensions are, how they take on blocks, I feel that they're pretty similar. I could definitely see that. Um, especially, I think the Chiefs' front four is actually a little bit bigger and more imposing mm-hmm. Then, then, and so it'll be really interesting because all the stuff that the Niners doing does look great. And, and the, the Packers do have some really good guys up front, but I don't think top to bottom, the Packers front seven is as good as the chiefs, yeah. nor do I think they're as well coached. And so I just, the bye week I think is good because the Niners do some things that are kind of unique, but I, I think this might be a game where I, I kind of agree with you that like Ragland might not be a great fit for this particular type of run game. The one, because he's not a sideline to sideline guy, but the right. one exception with that is when they put him as kind of is kind of that, that that Sam or that that edge guy. That edge, yep. Yeah, it, they're not going to have as much luck, I think, testing the edge when they put Ragland outside of Clark, who's outside of you know Pinnell. It's like right. the, none of those guys are getting moved now. Kittle gives them an automatic advantage on the edge, but I don't know if Kittle's moving Reggie Ragland. I mean, maybe he moves a lot of guys that he shouldn't. Kittle's yeah. a stud. But I, I think they use him as a diversion, quite frankly, and they get back to trying because the Chiefs are going to move on him. I don't, I don't care how everybody thinks that the Niners are the best defense. I don't care. The Chiefs will yeah. move the ball on them. They will yes. put up points, and that will put them in a similar situation. And I, I'm glad that we didn't get into this because Josh isn't here. But we'll talk about this in the off season. I thought Andy was smart with how much run he he called on the Chiefs side to keep the ball away from them, and like you said, that put them in a position they had to go away from Henry. I think they're going to have to do that too. It's the right. matchup with Kittle and Sanders to me that I think comes down to how they have to move that offense. I, I think so too. Ultimately, Garoppolo is going to have to do more than he's done in the playoffs. Now, the thing is, I think um, Shanahan is such an excellent play caller that yeah. there are going to be at least three or four plays this game. This always happens with Shanahan. It happens with Reed too, where Chiefs fans are going to freak out because of how wide open someone is. That's yeah. going to happen. Just wait for it to happen. Just accept it. And I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are going to do that to the Niners, too. Mm-hmm. I just I, I know that with two weeks to game plan. That's it for I, us today, I, folks. And, uh, Thanks for listening Salah, today. We'll Salah, talk to you tomorrow. Salah, you know, Salah. Salah. There it is. I managed to say it wrong every time somehow. Eh, um, you get better. <laughs> I really don't. Um. So the, <laughs> the Salah has been great. 
Kyle Shanahan's been great as far as coordinators go. But I'll tell you what, Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo have a lot more experience. And yeah. I think that's going to, I mean, way more experience at doing what they're doing and doing it for the Super Bowl. They've been to the Super Bowl before. They 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 both have, mm-hmm. um, both of them in the roles that they're currently in. And, and daily so, as well. Yeah, daily as well. I think they are a better prepared coaching staff to say, this is what we're going to do. And we saw what happens last year. And again, I'm not trying to, because who knows, Salah and Shanahan, they've been great. So who knows? Maybe they'll come out way better than I anticipate. But we saw what happens last year when Belichick kind of he had that extra week to prepare and McVay just wasn't ready for it. And yeah. I think there's a chance that you're going to see Reed and Spagnolo. The Chiefs defense is so varied in what they do in a way that Greens Bay is, is not that I think there's a chance that they're going to show San Francisco stuff that San Francisco just hasn't seen on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again. I know we got to get. So uh, say hi to the boys for me over there. Make sure you're checking out everything at The Athletic, folks. It's where you can find Seth's work and his pod, which, you know, is just too much hilarity for me. It hurts my gut. So <laughs> it is what it is. But, we are we are quite goofy. That is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great talking to you again. And uh, we'll hook up soon. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.